When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If that's the long-term goal, I think, like, just understanding that being on the best teams at, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, honestly, like, aren't all that important because players come from everywhere and their paths are all different. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Todd Walther, Director of Pitching Analysis for the Texas Rangers. Todd has worked with the Rangers for over 16 seasons and in his current role provides input for decisions regarding player development, acquisition, and pitcher usage. A former professional scout for seven seasons and a pitcher at Carthage College, Todd and I discussed the benefits of unstructured, free play for kids, the importance of natural rest for your body and mind, and why parents have a hard time seeing the forest through the trees. I am freaking excited. Thanks for coming on. Uh, man, let's get into it, bro. I-, I love how we connected here. Like, uh, it seems kind of crazy. You know, a few weeks ago, we had a chat. Next thing you know, you tell me, hey, I'm actually coming to Wilmington, North Carolina. Then all of a sudden, I know a week later, we're at a ball game. Then we're, we're sitting down having breakfast where I ordered like, okay, it's kind of funny. I ordered like the most country meal you can get with liver pudding, bacon, eggs, all this. And, and I'm waiting for Todd to order and Todd orders a bowl of oatmeal. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, thank you for introducing me to uh, liver pudding. I, I never, uh, I've never heard of that before. And um you know, I, I, I'm glad you're the one that ate it because I don't know if I was going to be able to do that. I will tell you the name and people who are who are familiar with like uh, Scrapple in the PA area. Todd looks at my plate. He goes, dude, you think you got enough protein on that plate? I'm like, yeah, man, let's get into it, man. I'm not worried about the heart attack. I got to get some flavor to start my day. That's great. That's great. That place was good. It was very legit. But man, it, what a pleasure it was connecting with you. Here you are. You know, uh, um, you know, working in the Texas Rangers organization, you're obviously a sports parent, you're a former college baseball player, uh, coach, and all the above. So, 
you know, really interesting how we came together. But, you know, through our conversation in particular, when we were talking, you know, at the baseball game and and, and during breakfast, you know, very like minded. And, and you reached out, if I'm not mistaken, because, you know, you're, you're seeing things uh, on your end with you sports. You came across Reform Sports Project. So one thing that we talked about in particular that I really love to dig into here is how you mentioned to me, I want to say you're concerned with with youth coaches, um, something that really you know, I guess, I guess tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. What is it you're seeing out there in the culture that I guess, you know, moves you to, to feel like there needs to be reform or just improvement in the overall culture? Yeah, I think that much like any other area, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, coaches have the right, uh, they have the right mentality about, you know, what they want to accomplish. Um, and, you know, most coaches are good. Uh, I think what, you know, what I've seen specifically is just those that can't necessarily see the forest through the trees. Um, and maybe, you know, uh, at least, at least at the, the younger youth levels, um, those that don't fully understand like the player development process and some of the things that lead to players becoming, you know, the best version of themselves. And ultimately, you know, the, the key one for me is, you know, where, um, where their intentions are in terms of, uh, you know, I'm all about servitude. And I think that whether, you know, in our organization or, or any other, if I'm working in the, that arena, my goal, and I, and I feel like, you know, I, I like having this shared goal is that we serve players uh, to make them the best person, the best uh, version of themselves athletically and personally uh, they can be. Um, and when we're um, concerned with whether or not we're winning, you know, rings and, and whatnot at eight U, nine U, and, and uh, doing push-ups when we, when they make a mistake. Um, that's where you know I, I just it doesn't resonate with me. How many years were you a major league baseball scout? Uh, seven years. And you're still doing. I mean, that's kind of how we connected. You were out there looking at a, a player in our area, and and we got together and chatted. And you know, from your experience as a, as a former collegiate player and, and someone who's been out there scouting, I mean. Do you see a direct correlation to the development of the person when they're in that environment of, you know, I guess led and coached from a holistic standpoint of the overall being versus just wins and losses? Like, do you actually see the difference on the player and their makeup overall? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'd relate to it is, you know, just about any interview I've been in interviewing coaches, um, you ask them, you know, their relation with players and how do they get them to buy into, you know, what their ideas are, what their what the goals are. And any of them will say trust. Um, And then, um, (laughs) you know, you can unpack that and say, okay, how do you get trust? And so, you know, the the way to do that is that the players in most cases are like, they have to know that you care. Um, And it's hard from my perspective, um, especially at the younger ages, to see that players know that you care when, you know, there's a certain tone to it. So to answer your question, um, you know, I, I think that most coaches make it feel as though they're in it together with the player, um, that they care about, you know, what the player's goals are, um, and that it's, it's not a top-down type of approach, but more of a, you know, eye-to-eye, um, again, like the, the serving piece um, that, you know, serving their needs and, and getting them to where they want to be. I like how you keep highlighting at the younger ages. Can you elaborate on that? Is there a distinct difference between coaching kids, let's say high school ages and up versus middle school and lower and and why? At the core, I think like it's the same principles. I, I, I think at the younger ages, I think that the latitude given for um, 
accepting and embracing failure and um, teaching the kids at that young age, hey, like failure is okay. You know, now how do we learn from it? How do we how do we grow from it? Um, and, and treating it that way in terms of, you know, that is how we get better. We, we, we get better by failing. You know, you watch any major league baseball game. I mean, they're not flawless. So, um, when, when punishments are made, you know, for failing at those young ages or they're yelled at or, um, any number of things that happen in the course of a game, um, at a very young developmental age, like you're shaping them to where they have to be perfect and really risk averse. Um, which, you know, I think just proliferates as they get older. So I think that the largest difference there is that, yeah, you want them to be able to tighten the screws as they get older. But I I think the same, you know, core principles apply throughout the process of development. You've seen, I would say, the emergence or the tremendous growth of travel sports, right? Pay to play sports, because we're right around the same age. You know, when you, I think you graduated or, or stopped playing ball and graduated college a few years after me um, in the early 2000s, the travel sports or even overall youth sports landscape is, is totally different than when you and I were in college and it's certainly when we were coming up in youth. Do you feel like the overall impact of, you know, travel or pay to play? has been more beneficial to the development of kids and, and ball players or athletes in general? Or do you feel like there's a detriment or, or a mixture of both? And, and, and why? <laughs> very, very loaded question. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. Unpack uh, it, baby. Unpack it. <laughs> um, first off, I think that, you know, if you read research on those that have, you know, uh, studied the development, not only of, you know, younger children, but also teenage athletes and then college athletes, um, a free play environment is ideal to allow players to, you know, like I said before, to fail, to learn things on their own, be their own best coach, all these, all these great, um, you know, things in terms of players continuing to be adjustable and improve. Um, so when the pressures of winning, um, a tournament are their only exposure to baseball or, or any sport, really, um, they're not, they're not given that latitude. There's constant pressure, um, to, you know, just play within the constraints of the games. Um, and they don't get the opportunity to really just, just try things and play. Um, now they, they will practice in preparation of those, but, Really, what you're doing is you're you're shrinking down the experience, and you know let's take pitching. That's my that's my current discipline that I, that I'm focused on. How did these pitchers learn how to you know navigate through games or do anything else when you know on tournament set or pool play or bracket play they're throwing one two innings, um, and, and then when they get into high school and they go to these showcases, they're you know they're letting it go for for one inning, and um, you know. I, the goal for young pitchers is usually just to be a starter and be able to pitch and play. Um, and so just like those experiences are kind of lost. And, and then uh, aside from that, um, you know, the nature of being a part of a team, um, having that dynamic, being able to really be a good teammate is kind of lost at times because you're more worried about your path than just being a part of something that's, you know, not only fun, but also rewarding. I want to get into this because, you know, because we, you and I had this conversation as well as far as athletic development and, you know, early specialization and such. And people often point to 
Take a, take a look at Major League Baseball. You know, take a look at the best players. They're all from South America. They're all from the Dominican. They're all from Cuba. They're all from Venezuela. Whatever the country is, um, they play baseball year-round. You know, no one's telling them to take a year off or, or, or take a season off. They're playing all the time. United States is the only country that has coaches and people advocating for not year-round play, yada, yada, yada. Can you talk about why maybe there is a prevalence of seeing players in those other countries that are scattered across Major League Baseball? And why aren't they dealing potentially with some of the same injuries of overuse and such that we are here? Yeah, I guess like the best way I can answer that is, um, I mean, listen, everybody's different. Every athlete's different. So some may need a little bit more, um, you know, more time on the field just to build the skill because, you know, some of their natural athletic gifts aren't quite as, as good as others or capacity, I should say. Um, but on the whole, and, and I, I guess like speaking to your, your question, your thought there is that um, it goes back to what I was saying before about a free play environment. So, um, if you go down there and you watch these players, yes, once they get a little older, they get into, um, they call them buscones, which are agents that will take them in, house them, feed them, um, and they will um, train them in baseball. And, you know, uh, that way they get proper nutrition, other things, you know, to prepare them. What ages is that? Uh, you know, that's from 12 to 13 years old. So up until that point, these children are all just, it's free play. They're out either in the parks, in the streets, depending on what their environment is, you know, what their neighborhood's like or what have you. Um, but the difference here for me is that these are very, uh, you know, unstructured free play environments uh, where they're doing this. And I, and I think I laid out this analogy to you as well, but, you know, if you look at the best soccer country in the, in the world, I think for most people would, would agree that it's Brazil. Um, they haven't won a World Cup in maybe 20 years, but still, you know, overall, what do they do down there? They, they play futsal in the, in the streets, you know? Um, and then the constraints and the, and the, the challenges that they're faced when they do that are that, you know, like, uh, let's use, we'll use the Dominican as an example is, or, or Venezuela when they're playing in these, like, you know, these challenging environments where they're, you know, maybe there are rocks or there's other things like, what do they develop? They develop hand eye, they do different things. And that's where we see all these middle infielders coming from these countries. So, you know, just like the challenging environment of that type of, uh, upbringing, um, and unstructured, I think is the key, uh, with that is that they are allowed just to go out and play. And I know myself, like when, you know, we play on a field that's maybe less than manicured, I actually kind of like it because it, it allows like not only my son, but the other the other kids to really face different things and be adjustable um, than they would otherwise. And then I'll bookend this by by saying like a, lay out a little example is that Owen White is, is one of our um, higher level pitching prospects. He's a top 100 prospect in the game for a few uh, publications. Um, and, and Owen grew up, you know, about an hour outside of Charlotte or so, um, and played three sports. And that was part of what attracted, I'll speak for myself, myself to him in the, in the draft process and plenty of our other scouts was that Owen was a quarterback on the football team in high school. He played basketball. He was an excellent shooter in basketball and he played shortstop on the high school. He wasn't a PO, 
Um, so what you do when you are able to, you know, play these different sports is from our perspective, um, or my perspective, I should say, and and talking to some of our people on the hitting side too, is that, you know, our goal is to build good movers. And by the time they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, when we get them, um, a lot of those movement patterns have been grooved already. So, um, we're still making those adjustments or helping the players make those adjustments, um, but at a young age, um, when they're, they have variability in movement, they can make adjustments as they get older. Whereas as they mature physically, um, and do other things, uh, you know, as they just naturally mature, their ability to adjust is paramount because they are going to change one way or the other physically. And if they can't adjust, they, they're not able to do that. Um, and then the last thing I'll touch on with that in terms of you, you use the term overuse is, um, I'll talk to baseball specifically is, you know, it's a rotational sport. We all know that. What we see a lot in the draft process is we see lower back problems with these players that, you know, if they're going to the cage at a young age and hitting nine, 12 months out of the year, multiple times a week or, you know, all week and maybe even a little less than that, there's a, there's a condition called PARS defect. And, you know, anybody listening to this can Google that, but um, it's a pretty common um, condition now. And a lot of it is just like straight from um, doing a ton of uh, stressful rotational activity. So just that natural rest for your body is, you know, especially at a younger age is really important, not only, you know, physically, but also just for your mind as well. When we return, Todd and I discuss why your kid's environment and who you surround them with is far more important than the number of tournaments that they win. Heading into the break, I wanted to share an update with you from our friends at TeamSnap, who is having a busy summer with exciting announcement after exciting announcement. As you may recall, we had Peter Francillis, CEO of TeamSnap, on an earlier episode of this podcast. And one of the areas we covered was how he saw technology evolving within the youth sports industry. Last month, TeamSnap launched TeamSnap for Business, its next-generation platform and an all-in-one solution for sports organizations. Now, TeamSnap is thrilled to announce the upcoming launch of its brand-new registration system, one of the most configurable, cost-effective, and intelligent ways to register players and staff. TeamSnap registration was built on years of feedback from the TeamSnap community, which includes over 19,000 organizations and 25 million users. In celebration of this launch, TeamSnap is inviting you to a live webinar on Thursday, July 27th, 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. During the webinar, they will cover everything inside the brand new TeamSnap registration system, including some important new capabilities like multiple installment options, advanced logic, answer-dependent add-on fees, and an intuitive setup wizard. Using the new TeamSnap registration, you can effortlessly create forms, collect fees and documents, and manage your programs with ease, so you can keep your energy focused on the thing you love, amateur sports. Head to TeamSnap.com and sign up to save your spot for the webinar that will be held on July 27th. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Where we left off, Todd and I were about to talk about the value of parents spending more time enjoying the moment with their kids as it goes by too quickly. You know, I've had so many different experts, of course, uh, David Epstein, uh, a lot of things you say I've read in his book, Range, and, um, you know, he talked about it as well, and, and other doctors and physicians. And here you are, you know, a, a parent with young kids, and, you know, kids are getting into sports and playing them and such. And it's like, you're, you're a professional, you're working in Major League Baseball, you're involved in, you know, all the processes, um, you're advocating for the sounds to me, I'm not trying to put words in my mouth, sacrificing to a certain degree short-term performance for long-term development. It seems to be both healthier from a physical, emotional, and you know, mental standpoint. So how do we, how do you navigate that? Because our culture is set up, it's almost like, and David Epstein said to me, he's like, it's almost at times you feel like as a parent, you have to kind of go rogue against the system. Now, I have no problem doing that. You know, my, my son, Rocco, uh, he's only eight and a half, but you know they do an all-star team here for baseball and for the rec league. And but it's a major commitment. I did it with my older boys later, and they wanted to nominate Rocco. I'm sure he would make the team, but I mean it is five, six days a week, all summer long, multiple tournaments. And my wife and I talked about it even before the season if he were to be able to do it. We're like, we're not doing it. You know, we did it before with our older ones, and it's great. We have so many more kids now, and you know. We think it's important to go on vacations and, and to spend time and, and to not be maybe later on, you know, 12, 13 years old type thing. If he shows a real desire, you know, maybe there's a time to step up the commitment level to a certain degree. But we think certainly at these young ages, like there's no reason for it. But how many kids do I know that are eight, seven, nine are playing travel? They're playing rec. They're play, it's playing as much as they can. How do you, how are you planning on navigating this? <laughs> um, I think that, uh, there's a lot to to really consider there. I think what we struggle with overall is just seeing the forest through the trees. That includes parents, coaches, et cetera, and what the actual goal is. Like as a parent, what is your child's goal? And are you asking him or her like what their goal is? Um, and then, you know, for things that you feel they can't answer themselves, like what is your goal for them as a parent? So I think like the biggest thing is just starting there. And the other thing is just being in the moment and enjoying the moment because we're thinking about all these, you know, five, six years down the road and not worrying about, um, hey, like, what do they need right now? So the pressures are really self-induced a lot of times mm. with these things. I, I'm not worried about it personally. 
what I see overall are one serving my children in terms of opportunity. Like, do they have the opportunity to do different activities, play different sports that they enjoy? And um, are, are they improving, enjoying it, et cetera? Um, so that, that's number one to me is just providing opportunity. I think that's important for any child. And that's a lot of the impetus for why I, I reached out to you is just that, you know, there's a lot of initiatives by MLB to make the sport more accessible. And, and I think that's, that's my goal as well. But, um, as you get further down the road, obviously those pressures are, are very difficult because if, you know, the children are like my oldest, like he's very competitive and, you know, hey, like the current state of recreational or purple is that they get very frustrated by the environment because, you know, they want to win and they want to be competitive. And um, so, you know, I, I think like serving that need is important, but also, you know, my, my oldest plays soccer too. Um, and so he kind of rotates a little bit between a couple travel organizations between baseball and soccer. Um, he's nine years old and I'm already seeing the difficulties in sticking on both of those teams. So I like, I understand the challenges, but I also like, if I have to, at some point, put him back in rec ball or park ball, like he's going to be fine one way or the other, if that's for a season, because I feel like I see the forest through the trees because this is my, you know, this is my career. This is my job. Um, but I, I think like understanding not only like getting to play on those best teams and then, performing on those best teams at let's be honest less than 15 or 16 years old is not all that important in the long term if the goal is to play in college maybe play professionally which you know these are these are long shots and and everything else so why not enjoy the process um but i guess where i'm going with this is i've never been in a draft room where you know i've heard statistics on a anything you know older than like a 15 or 16 year old you know, we're, we're not really, we're not really discussing that. And if you don't perform up to that point, but the player gets to a point where they are, you know, pretty good at 17 or 18, like you're going to get found, you, you know, there are way too many ways to, to get exposure now. Um, and that, it, you know, that doesn't even mean going to showcases and such. Um, so there are plenty of ways to do it. So I think like, if that's a long-term goal, I think like just understanding that like being on the best teams that, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, honestly, like aren't all that important because players come from everywhere and their paths are all different. Todd, I freaking love it. And I think that's such a great point. It's like, enjoy the moment, smell the roses a little bit, like for crying out loud, enjoy watching your kid play, you know, as we wrap up here, like what is some, I know you've given, you've given plenty of nuggets, you shared your experience, you shared your, your, your expertise and your thoughts, but like a lot of parents are trying to figure it out, man. They're like, I don't, you know, I don't work for the Texas Rangers. Like I, I didn't play in college. Like I got this tug of war. I, I don't know. I want, I guess if you had to give some advice to parents on how to navigate this thing. And I know you mentioned staying in the moment, staying present, but like, what are some things they can do to be their kid's ally and advocate without overstepping that boundary and becoming, I guess, for lack of a better word, over-invested or overbearing, which could be a detriment to not only their athletic experience, but also the relationship between parent and child. Yeah, I think like education is key. So, you know, for, I guess, anybody that is, uh, you know, listening to your podcast, reading your content, like um, that's a that's a great first step. But understanding where players come from is not easy. I think the biggest thing is just that, like you said, is just be supportive. It's just being straight supportive of your child and, and understanding, like, be in the moment, enjoy it, 
Um, and that, that's what I try to do. I get a little tied up at times myself, you know, like where you get frustrated by the experience. And, and I, I personally, um, you know, I, I don't get frustrated with umpires really at that level or, you know, the kids. It's, it's just more like the adults that typically get in the way of it and, and don't understand what the, the real goal is. So, um, you, you know, I think just being able to um, allow them to, to grow um, and then also like just kind of really just being the bumpers uh, in their experience, um, and keeping them on the, on the train tracks is the biggest thing. And, and that's for children of any age. And then, uh, you know, we, we still deal with it at our level. So with, with, with players in, in our development system and even big leaguers. So, um, the biggest thing is just considering the environment. Um, at all times, not only the ones that you're setting, but whoever their coach is, it is, is paramount is just, you know, the coach you put them in front of for hours a week um, is more important than um, a few more wins and a few more rings at whatever age they're at. Um, you know, and, and I'm speaking in baseball terms right now in terms of the rings, but um you know, myself, I, I'm more concerned with who his coach is and, you know, how many tournaments they're winning. I love that. It's funny because my to touch back, my son Rocco lately has been like, hey, dad, because the, the rec league will have an end of year playoff and stuff, single elimination. It's a lot of fun uh, tournament, you know, and, and their team's pretty good. But he's like, well, we get well, we get ring because he sees some of the other kids that play travel. They get rings like every other weekend, those little five dollar like ones that look like Super Bowl rings. And he's, well, I get rings. So but I, I'm listening to you talk about rings. I'm like, man, that's a real thing. You know, we're, we're feeling this stuff as parents who want to do the best that we can. But but I love how you keep saying, see the forest through the trees. It, it, it's such a it's such a vital perspective and it's something just to keep in the back of our minds and, and keep everyone grounded that, uh, you know, we're not going to get back this time. But uh, smell the roses a little bit because it, it does go by pretty quickly. Todd, I, I know you're with the Texas Rangers. There may be people that hear this that would love to to follow up and maybe ask you questions. Where can they reach out and maybe connect with you? Yeah, yeah, I uh you know, I, I just simply, I, I welcome any emails. I, like I said, like I, I want to be um, a resource for anybody and, and, you know, granted my, my time is somewhat limited, but, um, but I, I just want to be able to help and educate others. So, um, you know, my, my personal email is uh, Todd M as in Michael Walther at gmail.com. Um, so, you know, for anybody listening, you can feel free to email me and, you know, I, I will at least give you a response. I promise you that. So I love it, Todd. Thanks so much for coming on, man. I know your time is valuable and, uh, man, I really appreciate you. And I'm glad we connected brother. Me too, Nick. Thanks. That's Todd Walther, director of pitching analysis for the Texas Rangers. Thanks for listening to the reform sports project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy for updates. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the reform sports project. Live nation presents concert week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.